We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick. Alongside me today are my partners, as always, Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are we doing? Are you enjoying your uh, – well, we're recording on Monday, so it's still a victory Monday for us right now. But I think the, the basket of that Sunday night game against Kansas City is going to last for a while. I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. Definitely. Uh, great game. Uh, it's just the team, like I was, you know, I try to, before we record these all the time, I try to just like sit and reflect on like where the team is and where they've came from. And like, just going back and thinking like they went to Aaron Jones running, like they just found something that worked on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like going five wide, having Aaron Jones lined up with the linebacker and Collinsworth continued to talk about it throughout the whole game and it, but it was like notable and it's just awesome to see them find a different way to win, win a game again. Yeah. And I, just trying to find different ways to win the game. Obviously, really good first quarter. And then Andy Reid's offensive scheme was getting the best of us. And then coming out that second half, just seeing that, okay, they figured it out, they got together, and just watching the way that they can change. It's not, oh, well, this is our scheme, so we're just going to have to hope for the best. Like, there was good change. And this team is just so fun to watch like it's been a while since we've had a team that's this genuinely fun to watch whether it's the way they're playing the way they are in the locker room post game all this stuff it's just this year is just too much fun for me 
And it and it seems like it seems like Aaron. This kind of seems like a a stupid uh, or an obvious thing, but like it seems like Aaron is having more fun, or at least I think feels a lot more comfortable playing in this this offense and and the style that they have right now. Because as I've been thinking about it and watched it for watched the highlight of it for like the ten thousandth time today, um, that that throw into the corner of the end zone like that. I honestly don't think he makes that throw last year. You know, when when the the whole his whole MO last year was when he got under pressure like that, he's throwing the ball away, throwing the ball away, not forcing stuff. And that was I know it looked like he's kind of throwing the ball away, but I mean he put he, he that's that's a essentially a 50-50 ball into the corner of the end zone that I don't think he really attempts unless he's kind of feeling better about the guys that he's throwing to and his comfortability in the offense. I don't know. Am I reading too much into that? Like, no, I think you're right. I mean, it's just, it's just the relationship with, I think the whole offense and just setting a new tone, you know, with new weapons. And then obviously like him and his boss, like Matt LaFleur, like I'm sure we've all, you know, we're all old enough to have a few different jobs in our lives. And like, clearly like you've had some bosses where it's great and they're like, you can bounce ideas off each other and you can swear at each other maybe even. And, you know, you go out and throw a ball in the corner of the end zone and win a, a touchdown for your team. And, like, you've had the guys like Mike McCarthy where it's just like you've been there so long where you just kind of need a new start and someone that's a little bit more relatable. And it's just like there's so much fun being had. And, like, the confidence goes both ways, I think, too. It's not like Matt LaFleur's super confident Aaron Rodgers where he's, like, making him go out and – you know, do these things that he's not capable of doing. And then like on the flip side, like I don't think Rodgers is putting his team in bad situations where they have to like rely on maybe just, you know, a certain player or two. Like he's making it easy for Matt LaFleur, um, you know, to be able to make decisions for the team. It's just, it they're having a ton of fun. I mean, I, I, it's, it's amazing what a coaching change could do. And you kind of think back, like what if we, they would have done it a year prior or something like that too. But yeah, I, I think, Dan, what you're saying, it's, I mean, yeah, it's just, they're having a ton of fun and just the the camaraderie between the whole team. It's just this huge energy boost. Yeah, and I, like, I definitely thought 100% that he was just throwing that ball away. So, when they, I mean, know, everyone did, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way, like, the way he's falling, just, like, the effort it looked like he put into that ball. I was like, no, he's just throwing this one off the side. And then Williams comes down with it, and I'm just like, Okay, I'm not going to complain. I know I was talking with my buddy, and he's like, we really shouldn't be surprised anymore when these things happen, which is true. But I think just that, like, the connection and building trust, like, last year you remember watching all this frustration. Every time any little thing went wrong, it was, like, you could tell in Roger's face that he was flustered, he was frustrated, nobody's on the same page. And now you get to this year, and, like, that whole dynamic has just changed. I mean... The defense is what started off really strong at the beginning of this year, and the offense has just made that slow progression, and now they're, like, breaking through. So the defense and the offense are both hot, and all of a sudden, like, wheels are rolling, and it's just, yeah, fun Fun is the word to use. I can't really think of another word to describe it so far. Yeah, for sure. Um, as So as we talk about uh, moving past this, and then we're 7 one uh, today, before we talk about um, the upcoming game against the Chargers, uh, today is the NFL trade deadline. Four o'clock today. Um, there really, there's, there's the, uh, I don't know, the not so silent minority of Packer fans that 
are clamoring for the Packers to do something at the trade deadline, especially offensively uh, in terms of a wide receiver. Uh, I don't know. I personally, th- th- I haven't seen a single rumor about anything really related to the Packers. I think the only thing I've seen is that uh, that there's talks that they might be a, a possible trade partner for OJ Howard, the tight end out of Tampa Bay. I don't really see how that makes a ton of sense, especially with the uh, you know the drafting that they've done uh, this year and uh, years previous. Um, if if there was if there was one position though that you guys were looking at to make a trade today, um, is is there one that you would take a shot at? I. I can't really think of one. Janelle, can you think of one like no? That's, this is like the first really time need to address? that I'm like, wow. I think we're solid in all aspects. I mean, there's like depth that you can obviously add to, but even thinking like offensive line, Light came in and he did just fine. So I don't know, playing like, on both sides too. Like yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's moving and like that utility, which was awesome. And it's like all the people that are looking at wide receivers. It's like well. With Adams out, Lazard has stepped up. Kumaro stepped up. Like, I think the wide receiver depth is set. I really don't see a need to go out and get somebody unless you can bargain for them. But I think the receiver core is solid, and Adams will come back, and it'll all be great. But, yeah, it's really tough. Like, running game is solid. Offense as a whole, and you're talking about tight ends. We already have three solid tight ends and then one that we just – drafted so I really don't see any offensive needs and defense I mean good depth there too so it's really tough to say if there's any straight up position that I would want to focus on it would really depend on who they're talking about getting and how badly we need them for what we can get them for yeah and just with the OJ Howard thing I saw that too today Dan that name's been floating around not even just for the Packers, just for mm-hmm. other teams to go and get. It just hasn't really fit the Bruce Arians offense with O.J. Howard, and he's has played limited snaps. Um, reportedly, they won like a first-round pick for him because that's, that's what they drafted insane. him as, so no one's really going to do that. I mean, I mean, I, I can't even believe that's real. That has to be fabricated. So, um, yeah, I think tight end position, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Sternberger got – was activated last week, so mm-hmm. he's off of IR. So like he's going to be coming back soon. Weird that you haven't seen Tanyan really do a heck of a lot, but I mean, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham's been productive and been able to block better. So I mean, if you really had to pick, I'd say receiver. But again, like a few weeks ago, I was a little bit more panicky, but I think they're sitting fine. I mean, you're going to get Adams back here shortly. You know that toe. You never know what it's going to last. It could last all year. He could miss another game or two. Um, just hope we get through the you know the bye week here eventually and just have a, a fresh fresh team to get to the end of the year. But I think, yeah, I mean, that this is one of those where it's everyone wants to like – it's fun to add a position. It's fun to add a player, especially like a wide receiver, but I don't think it makes sense at this point at all. Especially with the way Gutenkus just like likes the draft. You know what I mean? He, he wants mm-hmm. that equity in the draft, and we've seen that the last two years. He likes to stack the picks, and to, to get rid of a pick for a – you know, a late twenties, early thirty-year-old receiver just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, honestly, I think the only the only thing you could really improve upon with this team is depth, especially. I think on the defensive side, I, I think it would never hurt to just kind of beef up the numbers in you know 
the defensive line, even the middle linebacker. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to find a – you're not going to find a playmaker-type kind of player, I think, at the trade deadline that isn't going to cost, you know, a, a ton of, you know, draft capital or something like that. And so, I, yeah, I think the way the team is currently, you know, set up, you're good to just kind of run this out, play this out for the rest of the year, see where everything stands, and then kind of reevaluate once you get into the off season and, you know, whatever happens the rest of this year. I, I, I agree. I think, I think this is the one, this is the one time that, uh, one time in a long time that uh, I feel really comfortable with the Packers not making any, uh, any kind of move at the trade deadline, um, which I guess is a testament to what, like you said, Matt, what Gudugunz has done. He's, done all of that uh, free agent stuff in the off season instead of trying to do something and, and patch a hole now. Um, but let's talk about the chargers guys. Uh, this is the third matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Phillip rivers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has come out victorious on both occasions. Um, this is the second time that he'll be out in, well, it's the first time he'll be out in LA with the chargers. Uh, they were in San Diego last time. I've always been a big fan of Philip Rivers, so I always am like super happy when we get to play them because I love watching Philip Rivers play, and I, I think that this could this could honestly turn out to be a a bit more of a shootout than I think people uh, might be might be prepared for if you're just looking at records and and the way teams are playing recently. Because from what I saw against them uh, in the the Bears game last week, yeah, it's the Bears, and they're not as great as I think people thought they were, but um, I think this team is. I think the the Chargers are are starting to hit a bit of a corner as they come into this week. I mean, they're they just got off a three you know three loss skid, so that's nice. They finally got a win. Like, just I, they've been shooting themselves in the foot all year. Uh, I think we talked about um, just that Lions game and the fumble, and like and then they have the Bears game. I mean, honestly, the Bears. There's no way they should have lost that game. I mean, Trubisky has two turnovers in the fourth. They missed the field goal, and that I think that's all I heard today on sports radio was just about Matt Nagy and his decision making at the end of the game. But I just, I, I, I agree. I like, I like Philip Rivers. I just, he, he always, he's never going to get over that hump. And I think his best chance of it was last year, and it just didn't happen for him. And I think it's at the point where he's just kind of at the end of his career in the last, maybe, maybe this is the last season. I'm not really sure, but I, yeah, they're just in a weird spot. They have a ton of injuries. You guys, I mean, they have put yeah. Forrest Lamp just went on IR. Uh, Russell Kuhn came back and they said he was on like, first of all, as an alignment, they said he was on a snap count, which is just strange to me. But then he leaves, like he left the game Sunday and was injured again. They said it wasn't anything severe, but I mean, they've lost Derwin James, they lost other safety, Adrian Phillips, two other receivers are on IR. Um, Melvin Ingram missed a three games up in, uh, you know, when they lost those three uh, in a row versus the Broncos, the Steelers and the Titans. So they've just been having so many issues. And then lo and behold, they finally got their, you know, their number one running back, back only four weeks ago so they're just i could see it being a shootout i mean i think i remember the last game that they played in lambo mm-hmm. uh came down to the wire um and i think keenan allen had a huge game that day if you know correct me if i'm wrong but i could see that i mean eckler's making a really really great year people thought i mean if, as far as i haven't been fantasy football so i kind of pay attention a little bit more to him but <laughs> like 
he he's still being productive in that offense, so they clearly are still running it through him. But I could see it being a shootout. Janelle, do you, do you see that happening or not really? Yeah, I mean, and just after years of playing fantasy football, you notice Philip Rivers is the kind of guy who can pass for 400 yards and still lose. Like, the air game for them is huge. And, like, just kind of looking at comparisons with the team, like, they have almost the same amount of average passing yards per game and, like, total yards per game. They're pretty close. And it's really just, like, the run game right now. Because even though they have Melvin Gordon back, Melvin Gordon has come out and said, wow, missing training camp has really affected the way he's playing because I really thought that all of a sudden I was going to be like, okay, Melvin Gordon's back, and all of a sudden the Chargers are back to winning, and that really hasn't been the case. As good as Eckler's playing, they're still not getting over that 100 yards per game kind of thing with them. Like They average, I think, like 70 yards per game in rush yards, and that's where the Packers have been really dominant, especially these last few weeks with Aaron Jones balling out. So the one big thing is that like the yards allowed against the Packers defense versus Chargers defense, Chargers are like bottom tier with how many yards they allow per game. So even though offense wise, it's going to be a shootout, I feel like I think their defense is struggling and ours is on the rise. So I definitely see I definitely see it being more of an air game, especially from them, even though they do have solid running backs. Phillip Rivers throws the ball. That's just his game. He likes to throw. They always have a ton of yards in the air. But they're a team that, for like the past few years, they're not a very good closing team. They don't know how to finish the game. And they get lucky with another Bears doink, but they should have lost that one in all honesty. It's just the Bears. So I really don't see this being like a blowout like you can look at the record and be like okay well we're seven and one they're three and five but they don't play like they should be three and five if that makes sense yeah and and that's the thing uh i don't know if anyone listens to the dan lebitard show but there's a there's a running joke that philip rivers will always constantly be in the situation of being down by four points with four (laughs) minutes to go in the game with no timeouts and have to drive the length of the field to win the game. And if you watch his games, he seems to be in that situation almost every single week. And yeah, that goes to the that goes back to Janelle's point of they just never can really kind of close out games, but they're always in contention for like every single game. It feels like so you you can never just write them off. And um, you know, I I think for for this you know this this Chargers team offensively there's a lot there's a lot that can happen there but really i think this i think this defense is um is underrated at times which is crazy because they've got two of the best pass rushers i think in the nfl if not one of the best in uh in the big bear joey bosa um which uh, which is crazy too if you look at the schedule the the packers have to play both of the bosa brothers within the span of a month they play uh, Joey Bosa this week, and then um, the very last week of November, right after their bye week, they go to San Francisco and meet up with Little Bear Nick Bosa. Um, so I, I think if we're looking at storylines, uh, we were kind of talking off air before we started this. The the uh, the potential injury situation of Bakhtiari and Bulaga could um, 
you know, be one of the big uh, storylines to watch coming in because those two are going to have their hands full, uh, you know, either the left or right side because it's it's Bosa or it's Ingram on either side. And so um, I, I think that's that's something to really watch because we saw the um, uh, the Chiefs defense really give the offensive line trouble. And that was with everyone still healthy. Uh, and now you've got two edge rushers that, you know, kind of rival your own on your side of the ball. So uh, for, for me, that's that's the biggest thing to watch is how this offensive line handles that because then the cornerback group too, you know, they press, they play tough. You've got Casey Hayward and Desmond King uh, back there. It, it can cause trouble if you're not ready for it. I agree, Dan. I think that's really the only thing that I'm worried about is just the injuries on the edge. Uh, bolsa has got seven sacks in the year. I think the next person for them is Desmond King at two and a half sacks. Must be blitz enough, you know, on the edge and the nickel spot. So Bosa is someone you always have to be worried about. Uh, he was kind of uh, had a little bit of a lull there maybe in, their, their, in the middle of the – the first few games, but um, back-to-back two-sack games, uh, he's he's always going to cause havoc. I mean, you could even have a healthy Bulaga and a healthy Bakhtiar out there. He's still going to cause some confusion. And like I said, with Ingram coming back finally after uh, missing three games, like, he's he's going to be healthy too. So, uh, you know, like I said, though, their, their defense is very banged up. Um, I I really – like Janelle also mentioned, I mean, they can't run the ball at all. I think their highest leading rusher is Eckler. He had 66 yards earlier on in the year. And, I mean, Melvin Gordon hasn't broke, I think, just barely over 30 yards every game he's been there. So they're going to have to throw it around. And Keenan Allen's been banged up with a hamstring. Mike Williams has been here nor there. I mean, he had a few big plays, I think, on Sunday. But besides that, he really hasn't been on the field too much. So it's they're going to have to win it through the air. I don't think that's a question. I just – I, th- I think it's going to be an issue if our defense can stick with Eckler. Um, Hunter Henry's been playing pretty well recently, too. So they've relied on both those guys to move the ball down the field. I, I would be sh- shocked if it didn't turn into the Smith and Smith pinning their ears back and going after Phillip Rivers down maybe two scores already just to try to make them, you know, turn the ball over more. I want to say they're averaging over a turnover a game. Rivers is accounted for most of those with fumbles and interceptions. So I think you can get after Phillip Rivers, make him uncomfortable in the pocket with that banged up offensive line too. I think this really – it it's probably going to start as a shootout, but I think by the end of it, the Packers are just going to run the ball like we've been seeing them do. I would imagine, let's say, what week are we set for? We're set for, it sounds like Jamal Williams' big game since Aaron Jones said the last one, just kind of the way it's been working. So let's give him the ball, give him 100 yards, and get out of there with a win. Before we transition at all, do you guys know the name of the stadium currently that the Los Angeles Chargers play at? Uh, I believe it's, isn't it StubHub something? It used to be StubHub. It's changed twice since then. Janelle, do you have any guesses? Well, I accidentally called them San Diego yesterday, so I really don't think I know anything at this Ooh. point. <laughs> it was StubHub, then Home Depot Center. Now it's the Dignity Health Sports Park. Park. Just a little <laughs> sports park. 27,000 people fill that that park. So, uh, yeah, just that's a we- that's weird. I can't. I can't imagine going like you go to Lambo and you're like, oh, this is you know has all this notoriety and just the history of a hundred years here and it's huge. I mean, there's what seventy five, eighty thousand people and you go to Los Angeles and play in a soccer stadium with twenty seven thousand people and it's just, I don't know, very very strange atmosphere to go to a game. I'm sure there the weather's got to be good, but outside of that, just 
rough. You know, really, really, what is is it's kind of embarrassing for the NFL, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's yeah. to, to have to have a team. I I heard uh, one of the local sports guys is kind of talking about this um, a little bit because if you've if you've watched any of those Chargers games, like the last that Monday night game against. It was it Monday night or Sunday night against the Steelers, um, where it was seventy percent Steelers fans, and you could ton of Steelers you, fans. You could very audibly hear that, and it's like, you know, it, it just it's it's a it's a really sad state to have a, a, a franchise like the San Diego Chargers, who you know they don't have the history of you know like the Packers or, or any of these other you know kind of brand name teams but they kind of had a niche there in San Diego and it really sucks to see um you know a franchise like that go to a place uh where you know no one really cares about them to, you know flatly like n- no one cares that they're there more people go to the Galaxy games at that stadium than they do you know the the Chargers it's, 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 <laughs> it sucks so we'll see but it's it for this week, though, I'll, I'll put that aside and just be happy that um, you know it gets turned into to Green Bay West, essentially. Yeah, Packer fans travel pretty well. You could hear it in Arrowhead. You could hear all the the cheeseheads cheering. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It's it's definitely even just watching it, just the the crowd interaction when they go to stadiums like that, and it's just like. It brings the momentum down. Even if they're cheering against you, it's still just like that noise just does something extra for the game. So it's kind of awkward when there's not a full stadium there watching the game. I remember the last the last time that the Packers were in uh, San Diego uh, eight years ago. I distinctly remember Philip Rivers coming out afterwards saying they had to go to uh, a silent count because the Packers fans there were so loud during the game. Uh, and so, I mean, just, just imagine what it's going to be like this Sunday. Maybe they'll play, maybe they'll play go pack, the, the go pack go <laughs> thing. Cause when the Steelers were there, they played renegade, which is like, you know, their, uh, their big stop cheer. So maybe, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll give us a go pack go or a jump around. Just anything to get <laughs> interaction. Did they really play? Did they really play running? Did they really so play I renegade? Think- so I think they were – they did. They they for sure did. I think they were doing it – I think the PA guy did as like kind of a way to troll them, like troll the Steelers fans because I think they like did something else like right after it. Uh, but I mean once you got that crowd base like getting into Renegade at the beginning, like they didn't care what was coming afterwards. No. You know? Questionable decision making. Yeah. Well, uh, so as you wrap up, guys, any um, final thoughts or or words, stuff that you're looking for this week, or or just heading into this week's game against the Chargers? Kind of like my my final thought is better tackling instead of just throwing your body at a guy. Please yeah. wrap up. That's kind of my big big fix. It this week is tackling. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. There's a few fundamental things that were just a little off on Sunday. Uh, two delay games, that was not great. You don't like to see that. Uh, just a few sloppy things, especially on defense, like Janelle said. I would say maybe special teams could play a factor. Uh, Desmond King does have a punt return for a touchdown this year. And um, their punter, I believe, is it Tyler Long? He's averaging like over 50 yards of kicks or on a punt, so... 
two good punter. Maybe it's, maybe it's a punter battle. It doesn't even turn oh. into a, you know, a, a, not the air a, name we were looking for. Just between yeah, a different type of air game, more more hang time game. But yeah, that's something that could play a factor a little bit. But I I really do see the Packers coming out on top here. I, I, last thought is it's just weird. Also, the Packers have so many games. It seems like that they've had just going up against elite pass rushers, and they have a few more throughout the rest of the year. It's just strange to see another, especially two big names that they're going to have to go up against. But I think uh, that offensive line will get it done, assuming they're healthy. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, just uh, kind of a final thing for me, um, you know, I'm, I obviously, like like I said, I love Phillip Rivers. And, for like, for some reason the Chargers have always been kind of like my AFC team. I don't know. Like, I, like I've always, like, kind of, like, followed them and rooted, like, just liked seeing them do good. And maybe it was more Phillip Rivers. Just kind of a, a weird personal note that I, I kind of just thought about as I was getting ready. Um, and I, I really hate to bring the, the podcast down. I'm not trying to whatsoever. But uh, four years ago, um, my family lost my uncle Rich unexpectedly and, um, it was right in the middle of the football season. And I just, and our whole family are, are crazy, stupid, diehard cheesehead fans. And so, uh, literally the next game, uh, on the schedule was the chargers game. And so we finished up his wake and went to a bar right down the street from the, the, the funeral house. And we had about 25 people in this bar with like two other people. And we were all in suits and like nice clothes uh, cheering the Packers. And the bartender was like absolutely confused. Like why the hell are all of you Packer fans in this bar dressed <laughs> in suits watching the game? And it was just it was a, a funny thing that stood out to me because like I just remember like especially that the way the game ended with the the play at the end zone. I forget who made was it. It was Micah Hyde or Casey Hayward yeah, it was came over two. and and made that play in the corner of the end zone like that. Like it just kind of put a, a put a big bow on that, that week. And uh, you know, it was just a, a really cool moment. It's just what I thought of the last time that we played uh, the chargers, just something that stuck out to me. So I, I, thought I'm, only I'm Wisconsin, I thought it was only Wisconsin people who went to the bar after a funeral or a wake. I guess <laughs> right. it's maybe just a, maybe it's a Packer thing. <laughs> they were dude uh, they were lucky that we didn't turn like the the there was like a, a room down below with like a tv they're lucky we didn't bring like beer into there and watch the game in the funeral parlor uh <laughs> as, we were, as we were waiting they're lucky we went to the bar <laughs> um but yeah uh like i say keep keep with us the rest of of this week guys as we always say um plenty more to break down as we get through the rest of this week obviously like we said injuries this week are going to be a big thing, so stick with us as we get more news on that and then the trade deadline today uh, for the Packers and the rest of the NFL as well. Uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Tell your friends to uh, follow the podcast. Give us a listen. Um, all three of us are on social media as well. I'm on Twitter at DK all the way. Guys, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Janelle, where can they get you, you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four, B-I-G-M-A-C-K underscore four. Perfect. And like I say, guys, stay with us the rest of the week. Going to be a lot more to talk about. And uh, we'll, we'll actually get to the next time we talk. We'll be right in the middle of the bye week, guys. So <laughs> here's to hoping that uh, that the Packers are 9-1 and one next, time that, uh, next time that we talk. Until then, guys, um, hopefully we'll hear this in, uh, in L.A. a couple of times this week. But go Pack Go. Go, go Pack, pack Go. go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.